Ashlyn. Hi, Amy. How are you? I'm good. And how are you? I'm. A- oh, that's good. What are you drinking? Um, pineapple coconut sparkling water. Ooh, it's yummy. I like. Sounds it. yummy. Mm. Sounds. Sound, that big ass bottle yummy. was only like fifty cents too. Oh, that's what's up, Dollar General. Walmart. Okay. <laughs> I know Dollar General used to have the the big bottles that yeah. were similar to that. So I nope. Don't know. This is this is Walmart. Gotcha. So, because I did a big grocery order the other night, so, you know. Oh, it's in my pocket. You're so silly. <laughs> I am ridiculous. I'm all over the place today. I can't help it. So, so Amy, tonight mm. is a paranormal episode. It is a paranormal episode. And what will we be talking about tonight? Okay, let me just say something. Paranormal isn't necessarily just ghosts, but it's all the right. weird shit. The shit that's not normal. Right. Including conspiracy theories, because... People are crazy. Absolutely. And we as humans like to find connections to shit that doesn't really have a connection. Right. Just to make sense of the world around us. But it is what it is. Right. Um, so I really, what it boils down to tonight okay. is we're talking conspiracy theories. <gasps> I love but conspiracy theories. But in not the way you're thinking. Okay. Okay. You're going to like this. Okay. Because, um, yeah, it's relevant in this You'll see. Okay. Okay. So, first of all, we are going to start off on the UFO. Okay. Conspiracy. Okay. And what do you think started off the whole modern UFO conspiracy as we know it? Probably the finding of Area 51. Exactly. Mr. Robert Scott Lazar. Uh-huh. who was born on January 26th of 1959, is an American con- conspiracy theorist who claims to have been hired in the late 1980s to reverse engineer extraterrestrial technology at what he described as a secret ki- site called S4. Um, this is a subsidiary installation located in Groom Lake, and it is um, based off of the United States Air Force, and we know that facility as Area 51. Nice. Okay. Um, <clears throat> while he was working there, Lazar claims that he examined alien craft that ran on antimatter reactor power by Element 115, which at the time had not yet been synthesized. Part of his claims also um, being having to have read U.S. government briefing documents that described alien involvement in human affairs over the past 10,000 years. This uh, resulted in bringing added public attention to Area 51 and fueling conspiracy theories surrounding its classified activities. Um, His story fascinates me. Okay. The reason being is that ever since he came out with his story and went public with it, his story has not changed since day one. Never changed. He's never strayed from it. No detail has ever been slightly off. His story has been the same from point A to point B. No Which deviations. Which usually leads to them telling the it's truth. It's no deviations. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, his story's been analyzed and rejected by skeptics, ufologists, everybody. Universities from which he claims to hold degrees show no record of him, and supposed former workplaces have disavowed him. In 1990, he was convicted for an involvement in a prostitution ring, and again in 2006 for selling illegal illegal chemicals, which you could say um, might be the government's way of, you know, shutting him up. Right. You know, slandering his name so nobody believes him. Exactly. I mean, tell me that's not possible. Oh, it's very possible. Um, Now, part of his background is he attended Pierce Junior College in Los Angeles, and um, he basically achieved his notoriety beginning in 1989 he appeared in an interview with investigative reporter george knapp who also hosts every now and then one of my favorite radio talk shows coast to coast am love that okay um but he was interviewed by george knapp on las vegas tv station klas under a pseudonym dennis with his face hidden in order to discuss his purported employment at this area 51 Um, In his claim in that, he claimed that said facility was adjacent to Papoose Lake, which is located south of the main facility at Groom Lake. He claimed that this site consisted of concealed aircraft hangars built into a mountainside. Um, He indicated that his job there was to help with the reverse engineering of one of nine flying saucers, which he alleged were extraterrestrial in origin. 
He claims one of the flying saucers, the one he coined the sport model, was manufactured out of metallic substance similar in appearance and touch to stainless steel. In a further interview that November, he appeared unmasked and under his own name, where he then claimed that his job interview for work at the facility was contractor EG&G and his employer with the United States Navy. EG&G has stated that it has no records on him. Now, my feeling is, if you are employed at a top-secret facility and a lot of the stuff you're working on is confidential and you decide to talk about it, if I were your employer, I'd say I have no record of you either. Yeah, I would... uh... I would uh, if, shred those, you those know, documents proven that I you were a college, a very prestigious college that I, that I supposedly went to, I wouldn't want to be associated with that kind of controversy. Right. I would say, oh, no, we have no record of him being here. Or, you know, we might have been paid off. We don't know. Exactly. Um, but when we go on to... Now, the, the <clears throat> thing about Bob Lazar is, is that he never really talks about there being aliens at area 51 what he talks about is that there is extraterrestrial technology at area 51 technology and aliens are different two completely different things um but he claimed that the propulsion that he studied there was a vehicle that ran on an antimatter reactor and it was fueled by a chemical element with the atomic number of 115 which at the time was provisionally named Munipentium, and it had not been artificially created. It was first synthesized synthesized in 2003 and later named Moscovium due to Moscow. Okay. He further stated that the propulsion system relied on a stable isotope of this E-115, which allegedly generates a gravity wave that allowed it to fly and evade visual detection by bending like around it, which... Light and mirrors. They. That's a kind of technology that the government's been working on as a sort of invisibility cloak for military usage to hide tanks to kind yeah. of blend in to kind of camouflage. So you know, <clears throat> mirrors and light. Yeah. It happens. Um, now to this day, no stable isotopes of muscovium have yet to be synthesized. All have proven extremely radioactive, decaying in a few hundred milliseconds. So nothing stable to really be used. Um, Lazard also has said that this craft was dismantled and the reactor he studied was taught by a sphere or a semisphere, which emitted a force field that was capable of repulsing human flesh, whatever that means. Oh, uh, my job. Wikipedia is oh. my friend right now. Um, he went on to explain in his interview that the craft was split into two main levels. The reactor was positioned at the center of the upper level with an antenna extending to the top and it was surrounded by three gravity amplifiers and that these connected to emitters on the lower level, which can rotate 180 degrees to output a gravity beam or anti-gravity wave, and that the craft would then travel belly first into this distortion field. Wait, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. Are we talking about possible, like, flying cars? Yes. So, were we, the Jetsons. That's what I was about to say. <laughs> it's the Jetsons. Yes. Um, but okay. basically... It, 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 to me, this is just absolutely fascinating. And to think that when we think of everyone, we think of aliens, it's because of this man. Yeah. Do you think that if he had not said anything to know. anyone, that it would be further along in that? It's possible. But I also think that if he hadn't said anything, we'd... We would eventually have known about Area 51 because, let's be real, you see shit in the sky all the time, you know. Right. But to be on the other side, if he's not telling the truth, if this is just some whack job story. Right. Then, even then, we still are confirmed that the <clears throat> United States government and military have tested top secret aircraft there. Our stealth bombers were tested there. Yeah. I mean, it's in the middle of fucking nowhere. Right. Who's going to see it? Who's going to care? And of course, because you have that association with Area 51 and aliens, if somebody happens to see a piece of experimental aircraft in the sky that they've never been seen before, they're automatically go, oh my God, it's a UFO. It's an alien. And then I guess the government maybe kind of uses that as a cover for what they're actually really doing. So the outlandish becomes the cover for the real 
instead of the real becoming the cover for the outlandish. Right. Maybe it's cover. Maybe it's a double cover. Right. Maybe the, who knows? Right. I don't know. I've never been there. Right. I like to go there. Because, um, but the thing is, you can't get but like so far. Oh, yeah. Close they to Area 51. They, they are authorized. Shut you down. They are authorized for deadly force. Yes. At Area 51. Yes. They will shoot your ass and you will fucking die. Yes. It's true. Look it up. Right. Um, jumping back to Bob Lazar. Um, now, when he claimed that when he first joined the program, the briefing documents that he had described the historical involvement of Earth for the past 10,000 years with extraterrestrial beings described as gray aliens from a planet orbiting um, Zeta Reticuli, which is a twin binary star system. Now, as of September 2019, there have been no extrasolar planets that have been found in the Zeta Reticuli system. So, what's to say... We don't know the truth about that. We we don't know exactly, but it, it's not been documented. The government that has been known to cover up stuff. NASA, come on, gonna, NASA. We're just gonna throw that out. <laughs> yeah, really. Um, <sighs> now, in 1989, he said that the seats of the saucer were approximately child size, and that he had seen alien cadavers of a corresponding size. Um, he also said that while walking down the hallway, he briefly glanced through a door window and saw what he interpreted as two men in lab coats facing down and talking to something small with long arms. Now, three decades later, he did say that he did not think he saw an alien, but he did speculate that he saw a doll used as reference for the size of the alleged aliens and that a nickname used for them was the kids. So he may or may not have seen an alien. Right. We don't know. Right. But majority of his focus did not focus on the aliens themselves, but their technology. Because that technology is incredible, apparently. Absolutely. I mean, that's why the government has hidden it. Mm-hmm. There's now, a reason for that. Now, you would think that... In order to work at Area 51, you got to know your shit, right? Yeah. Well, he supposedly has earned master's degrees in physics from the Massachusetts Institute of Technology and a master's degree in electronic technology from California Institute of Technology. However, neither of these um, facilities have records of Lazar attending either of those. Now, he also was supposedly employed at Nellis Air Force Base... And that's also been discredited by skeptics as well as United States Air Force. He was also allegedly employed as a physicist at Los Alamos Mason Physics Facility within the Los Alamos National Laboratory. Um, That's mentioned in multiple New Mexico newspaper articles from the summer of 82, um, which also focused on his interest in jet-powered cars. And he's infamous for these jet-powered cars. Like, he drives them around. He's got a jet-powered bicycle. Okay, look, there's a documentary on Netflix about Bob Lazar. Watch it. Just watch it. it, it it'll, it'll make you think. But, I mean, dude has a thing for jet-powered anything. Yeah. He literally, I want a jet-powered bicycle. Then I ain't got a pedal. So, <laughs> so, with these skeptics, because on one hand, yes, it's very possible, like what we said earlier. Oh, yeah. That, you know, these companies, these colleges... You wouldn't want to be associated with a so, crackpot, would you? Right. So, I mean, I get it. They could possibly be hiding it. If he's telling the truth, right? If. If. I mean, because obviously there's no proof in any of this, obviously. Absolutely. Now, he um, claims that all records of his stuff have been erased as part of cover covering up him up blowing the whistle on this whole shebang. Right. And to kind of discredit him because, oh, are you going to believe this crazy person? Yeah. You know, because you have to He think. never went here. Because you he have, never worked here. Because you have to think. Those technical technological institutes, especially one like MIT. Right. There's got to, there's some smart ass people that have gone through those halls. Oh, absolutely. And gone through those doors and graduated and gone out into the world. Absolutely. Who's to say none of them are working at classified installations? I mean... It's very possible. You wouldn't, you got to think that those institutions, you know, probably have some kind of a level of involvement. Right. With, or at least a cooperation with the United States government, with the United States military, because of the people and the caliber that goes through them. So obviously you'd be like oh well we we don't want to blow the lid on this whole thing so we're just gonna say that this guy never went here yeah keep our cover and you know right. keep Protect what ourselves. we got going on protecting ourselves so we're not right. incriminated and then 
our prestige isn't damaged. Right. By this guy saying crazy things. Oh, my God. You know? So, I mean, it makes a little bit of sense. But at the same time. On the opposite end of that. Could he have been making it up? He could have been making it all up just to get attention. Just to get his little 15 minutes of fame. Absolutely. And now he's made a killing off of it. Absolutely. (laughs) Who Uh, knows? Now, he's alleged that all his records have been erased. However, there are skeptics that have found this to be implausible. According to Donald L. Prothero, who is a one of his skeptics, uh-huh. he stated that he was employed not by the government, but rather as a technician working for a private company that contracted work at Los Alamos. Um, now, you got people that are going to come out of the world where say, oh, no, you never were here. You never did this. Because you want to cover up what your involvement well, may be to a certain extent. I can also speak for someone who is contracted to work for a pretty big utility company. I'm contracted to work in healthcare. And I can say just because you do not work officially for that particular company does not mean that you don't know things. Exactly. Um, now, I can speak on that from personal experience. Right? I do too. We, you know, I'm. <laughs> You know, I, I work in healthcare, so I have to abide by HIPAA. Right. So even if I know something, I can't say anything. Exactly. You know, I cannot break HIPAA. That is against mm-hmm. the law. I don't want to lose my job. I don't want to lose my integrity and my credibility. Right. Just don't want to do and, that. And, you know, these companies, these big companies that we, you may be employed with, we know they things. also may have people that are working on social media all the time exactly and you know if they catch wind of you doing this or doing that on social media or you're saying this or you're saying that even if they can't way to end your employment real quick it's a quick way to become promoted to customer yeah um so it you know that's a plausible thing it can go either way it guys lying or either they're trying to cover their ass one or the other right now and i can see both honestly he's I mean, got yeah. he this story of his just you know has drawn so much attention even he himself has said that he has no evidence to support his core claim of the alien technology now i'm sitting here like okay dude's gonna say the story he's got absolutely no evidence whatsoever mm-hmm. but yet since he came out and said this shit in the 80s he continues to say it now and his story has not changed. It has been rock solid, not even the slightest bit of deviation. Uh-huh. And, you know, to me, that lends a bit of credibility to it. I mean, I'm still, you know, not saying whole hog, oh, my God, this guy is telling the truth. Right, yeah. But had he not said anything, he might still be employed there. He might still... We might not know anything about Area 51. We don't know. We don't right. know what that timeline has going on. Right. We just don't know. Um, so, but in 2017, he does have his own, like, little business. Um, in 2017, the FBI raided his workplace and local police, um, which he theorizes was to recover Element 115, a substance he says he did take from a government lab. Records obtained through a Freedom of Information request show the raid was part of a murder investigation. Now, they have, let me just tell you, he's got some convictions, though. He's got some, he's got some legal trouble. So, 1990, he had the whole arrested for aiding and abetting a prostitution ring. Oh, Lord. They reduced the felony to pandering, <laughs> which he pled guilty, and then he was ordered 150 hours of community service, stay away from brothels, and undergo psychotherapy. Then in 2006, him and his wife were charged with violating the Federal Hazardous Substances Act for shipping restricted chemicals across state lines. Those charges stem from a 2003 raid on United Nuclear's business offices where chemical sales records records were examined. Now, that's his business, United Nuclear. They pleaded guilty to three criminal counts of introducing into interstate commerce and aiding and abetting the introduction into interstate commerce and banned hazardous substances. In 2007, they fined him $7,500 for violating a law prohibiting the sale of chemicals and components used to make illegal fireworks. So, you know, he, he, he is not squeaky, squeaky clean. Right. Okay. And you also have to wonder, okay, well, was that trumped up? Was it? We don't know. So, if he stole that piece of equipment from Area 51, couldn't he have used that for proof that of of anything that he was saying yeah well it's possible do you think but that he just didn't but who who knows honestly 
You know right. what I mean? I mean, again, it's kind of like... It's just... <laughs> because I know that if I was having a bunch of people saying, you know what, I don't know if you're telling the truth or not, and I had that... <laughs> Yeah. I would have been like, bruh, look. Okay, so this is what happened. I took this from Area 51. How would I have been able to gain access if I never worked with Area 51, contracted or not contracted, and was there? Because they don't just let anybody in there. But here's the thing. Here's (laughs) the thing with Bob Lazar. In 30 years, over 30 years, nothing he said has been disproven, though. No, I mean, I get that. He could be a complete crackpot. I get that. Just off it. Yeah, he has no evidence. But nobody has come forward proving him wrong that this alien technology does not exist. Yeah. Nothing has been proven that it doesn't exist. Just like nothing has been proven that it has. Or that it does, yeah. Existed. Or that it does exist. Or that it's still something working on. Right. Um. Which is crazy. Like, and I feel like that that's where so many of, of so much of this hysteria, like when people were talking about going in raid area 51, this is why. Oh God, we all laughed at, we we all laughed at them. We thought it was stupid. We we did. But I mean, this is why people do it because we want to know the truth. Yeah. I mean, I want to know the truth. We want to know, is this guy full of it? Is he full of shit? Is there alien technology at area 51? What are you doing? Right. Are there little green men living in the mountains in Nevada? I don't right. know. Like, I, I mean, I these are know. things that but, people want to know, but for one reason or another, maybe it's to protect us. But let me go back to where Because he said, it very much could be to protect us as a country. Maybe, you know, the, yeah. their, maybe our government's like, you know, if these other countries found out the type of technology that we have, they would maybe bomb us to be able to be able to try well, to... I wouldn't say they bomb us, but, you know, try you to get what I'm the saying. technology. Right. But... You know, the thing of that, that, going back to that, though. Okay. Um, that was exciting. And anyways, so, but uh, now I lost my train of thought. Thanks, Layla. Um, but we're, let's go back to where, you know, I said that he was working at Los Alamos National Laboratory and people have tried to disclose the allegations that he falsified his education or his previous employment there that he was just contracted there Uh now george knapp visited that lab with lazar and they were granted access without showing any kind of credentials they recognized security recognized lazar who then gave knapp a guided tour while waving to former colleagues who waved back now that's that's some shit yeah you know that you gotta understand that's gotta have some high High security there, just to waltz right in. People recognize you, wave and, at you. And if you're contracted, I don't see that happening. I mean, I can walk into the place that I'm contracted through, and I know people and stuff like that, so I can kind of see it. Because but if you you're do no have longer to work employed closely, there. but if you're no I longer guess it would depend there. on. I guess it would depend on how long I'd been there, and and if the employees that were there when I was there still but that's the there. Thing. But I wouldn't be able to just if walk you into that. That kind of security, though. I wouldn't be able to walk into those buildings. You would not be able to access that because I know where you work. I used to work there, just like where I work. I have to yeah. have a badge to badge into where I exactly. work. Exactly. You have to badge into bad to get into where you work. We exactly. have a kind it's of security. Se- yeah, security. And we can't just walk into these kind of facilities and access exactly. these areas without some kind of credential showing that, hey, I belong in this area. Right. So, to me... you will get kicked out real Exactly. Quick. And especially if you're in Area 51. Yeah. So, I mean, you can't really... <laughs> with that to say, you really can't fake working somewhere if you have that kind of power to waltz into a laboratory and... With bypassing security, they know who you are without any kind of credential showing that you belong here. Right. Not only that, showing somebody around. Right. That's never worked there. Right. So, and I don't see the Los Alamos National Laboratory giving out guided tours. You know what I mean? Right. I don't. I don't see that being a, being a thing. So yeah, I mean, you you just can't fake that. That kind of thing. You really can, and I can I can say that. And and like what you mentioned, you know, me and you working in in two pretty very secure, tight knit companies. You just can't waltz in without a badge. And I mean, and and especially be showing somebody around. Like right? I could, I couldn't. 
I couldn't expect someone to be able to walk into where I work and and show people around if they've never been there. Right. You have to know your way you around. You got to have to. You have to know. You got to know the area pretty well. Right. Now, I also want to say, you know, that people try to discredit him and everything. Well, there's no record of him working here. There's no record of him going to this school or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, there's no record of him being born. So does that mean he doesn't exist either? I Did mean, they, they wipe his to, birth certificate? They tried to wipe him completely out then, huh, if that's the case. And I mean, <laughs> and of course, I'm I'm referencing an article in the Star about, you know, is he telling the truth or not? You also have to think about what got released last year. Yeah. Videos yeah. of UFOs. Videos of UFOs, yeah. Rotating and flying belly up, exactly as he described in the 80s. So, coincidence? Maybe. Maybe not. Yeah. I don't know. Now. Because to me, that either means he was so smart that he gave them the idea by saying it and then they went with it because of it. Or they finally just were like, you know what? COVID. We're going to give him a little something here. We're going to give him a little something. One other thing that really gets me too about him. Again, that the fact that his story's never changed is that he's never once tried to profit off of it. Never once. You can, he basically doesn't go on any kind of speaking circuits. He doesn't do conventions. He doesn't do that whole alien convention, UFO convention thing and go talk about Could you imagine Area if 51. You um, <sighs> he's not selling out t-shirts. He just he, he goes about his business. He's got and his he own could. business and shit. I mean, he could. He could. Dude, you could make a lot of money. Like, even then, he just says that he also... You can talk to him, and he'll say he doesn't want to talk about it anymore. He wants to change the subject. He doesn't want to discuss it anymore. He just doesn't want to deal with it. He's so, just like, that's, that's over. I'm done. To me, that's like, he's not profiting off of his story. He hasn't changed his story. And it's to the point where he's like, look, I don't even really want to fucking talk about it anymore, man. I just don't care anymore. Right. So it's like, Lynn's a tiny bit of credibility to that i I feel that's just my opinion yeah um so that's the that's the first one that's the first one but you know um i could go all all day about this i mean you know how i am about aliens and ufos and everything yeah um my my final thought on the bob lazar thing is either either way he's a very smart man yes but i'm I'm just done with the Bob Lazar part of it. Right. No, yeah, I know. I'm just saying, like, before we get into the other part. Oh, no, we're going into Area 51 now. That's where, <laughs> that's where I'm, I'm, my thought process is, you know, with, with him is he's a very smart man one way or the other. Because, smart guy. I mean, he's, yeah, he's I mean, because be. either way, he's very well educated or either he educated himself well enough to know how to manipulate a story and stick to a story so well. I mean, that it's, it's hard got for people questioning to stick to a story. I mean, even you and I know yeah. that you know you could be telling the truth. Some every time you retell something, some part of the story changes. You leave something out. You may have added something you forgot. It happens over time, right? You know, stories change over time, but his has not exactly. And that's and, why I'm saying very smart guy. You know, very, it's very just smart he, guy. You know, it lends a bit of credibility to him. I yep. believe. Yep, that's just my opinion. But now, all right. What's the next topic? Oh, no, 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 no. We, we're just moving on from him. We still talk oh. about Area Fifty One. Okay. But um, because now we, we he just he's done open Pandora's box. Yeah. What's going on with Area Fifty One? Right. Now y'all know the theories. It stores reverse engineers crashed alien spacecraft, including materials supposedly recovered from Roswell. Study of their occupants, and the manufacturer of aircraft based on alien technology. Um, Supposedly, meetings or joint undertakings with extraterrestrials happen at Area 51. Um, Supposedly, the development of energy weapons for a strategic defensive initiative or other weapons programs are developed there. Development of weather control. We go talk about that at some point because that's wild. Um, Weather the HARP installation in Alaska. Look it up. Um, the development of time travel and teleportation technology. Development of exotic propulsion systems related to the Aurora program. Activities related to shattery, one world government, or the majestic 12 organizations. Now, 
it, it's just, it's crazy to me um, that it, it's wild. In the mid-1950s, civilian aircraft flew under 20,000 feet while military aircraft flew under 40,000 feet. The U-2 began flying at above 60,000 feet, and there was an increasing number of UFO sighting reports around that time. Um, now, they most occurred most often during the early evening hours when airline pilots flying west saw the U-2's silver wings reflect the setting sun, giving the aircraft a fiery appearance, and this is over Area 51. Now, many of these sighting reports came to the Air Force's Project Blue Book, which investigated UFO sightings through air traffic controllers and letters to the government. Um, yeah, oh my God, there's just so much. There's just really, really so, so much. Oh, and we're going to get back into Bob Lazar a little bit more because I didn't find a little bit more about him. Um, <laughs> now, a 1996 documentary called Dreamland that was directed by Bruce Burgess included an interview with a 70-year-old mechanical engineer who claimed to be a former employee at Area 51 during the 1950s, even before Bob Lazar. Now, this man's claims included that he'd worked on a flying disc simulator which had been based on a disc originating from a crashed extraterrestrial craft and was used to train pilots. This man also claimed to have worked on an extraterrestrial being named with an extraterrestrial being named J-Rod and described as a telepathic translator. Now, in 2004, Dan Burrish, under the pseudonym of Dan Crane, claimed to have worked on cloning alien viruses at Area 51, also alongside the alien named J-Rod. Burr's scholarly credentials are the subject of much debate, as he was apparently working as a Las Vegas parole officer in 1989, while also earning a Ph.D. at the State University of New York. Um, and again, of course, you have everybody wanting to storm Area 51 in 2019. Let me see the millions. Right. Like, come on now. <laughs> Just come on. Um, yeah, five people were arrested at that event. Well, that doesn't surprise me. <laughs> I couldn't remember exactly how many. I knew some did, but I couldn't remember yeah. exactly. But I mean, it's it fascinates me to no end. Please watch the Bob Lazar documentary on Netflix. It is if it's still on there. Um, I believe it is absolutely fantastic, and it it's it's a long one. You might fall asleep during it, but he's good. He's real good. I like it a lot. Okay. Um, okay. So, yeah, now I'm done with that. Now I'm done with the aliens. <laughs> I'm done with the aliens for now. I love the aliens. You talk. do love the aliens. Shout out to Jennifer for getting me alien earrings. Yay. Yeah. yeah. Love them. <laughs> Look up the sucky crafter. Not S-U-C-K-Y, S-U-C-C-Y crafter on Facebook. Homegirl does some banging earrings. Love them. They're yeah. Lisa Frank alien earrings. I love them. They're so much. They're so awesome. <laughs> they make me happy. I got Day of the Dead ones. Yes. They're adorable. <sighs> of course I got Day of the Dead ones. Are you ready for something? Yes. Conspiracy theories. I'm ready for conspiracy the theories. Do you want to take a guess? Because it's relevant right now. It is relevant as hell right now. Like relevant to us personally or relevant, oh, relevant to, us to us as, as like a... This is a recent event. Okay. Relevant okay, as think, a recent just event. Think. Something that may have happened a week or two ago. Think about it. Think long and hard about it. A lot of stuff has happened. I in know. The week just like, give me. Do you give up? I give up. We are going to talk about conspiracy theories surrounding the death of Princess Diana. <gasps> oh, okay. Yes, I love this. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Because you know, it, I'm it here for this. Me because of the whole, you know, Harry and Meghan Markle interview with Oprah. <clears throat> yeah. And you know. Him mentioning, you know, I didn't want my wife to go through what my mother went through. Right. Okay. So. Right. Mm. I'm sure we all know what happened back in 1998. But, you know, I'm going to tell you anyway. Unfortunately. So. In the, after 1998, it was theorized that there was an orchestrated criminal conspiracy surrounding the death of Princess Diana. Now, there were official investigations in both Britain and France that found Diana died in a manner consistent in, with media reports following the fatal car crash in Paris on the 31st of August in 1997. Now, uh, in 1999, a French investigation concluded that Diana died as a result of a crash. 
Now, of course they did. Mm-hmm. Now, the investigator, Judge Hervey Stefan, concluded that the paparazzi were some distance from the Mercedes S280 when it crashed and were not responsible. And after hearing evidence at the British inquest, a jury in 2008 returned a verdict of unlawful killing by driver Henri Paul and the paparazzi pursuing the car. The jury's verdict also stated, in addition, the death of the deceased was caused or contributed to by the fact that the deceased were not wearing a seatbelt and by the fact that the Mercedes struck the pillar in the Alma Tunnel rather than colliding with something else. Now, there's, we all know, she was, her and Charles had just divorced. Their divorce yep. had just been finalized the year before. She was dating, dating this new else? guy and, you know, she was Getting, living her, living best her life. life. She was living her life. She yeah. was on her way out of Revenge, the royalty. Dress and all. Right. She she was on she her did way. That. She was on her way up, man. Did she was that. upgrading. Yeah. Um, now, prominent in disputing this official version of events, the Daily Express, which is the British newspaper, as well as Egyptian businessman Muhammad Al Fayed, whose son Dodi was the man yep, that Diana was dating was at the dating. time who also died with her in the crash. Yeah. Um, in 2003, her former butler, Paul Burrell, published a note that he claimed had been written by Diana in which there were allegations that her former husband was planning an accident in her car, brake failure, and serious head injury so that he could remarry. <clears throat> because, and this is one of the theories that I'm going to get into, was that supposedly Prince Charles was not allowed to remarry unless Diana died. Supposedly, allegedly, for entertainment purposes only. However, she did allow her sister to get divorced and married. But I guess that's not the king, well, the future king look, of England. Technically, the Spencers... So that may be a little bit different. The Spencers? Well, she was in line for... Elizabeth was in line for the throne. Her sister, although bearing a prince's title, was not See, that's in what line I, yeah. to take the throne Yeah, that's at all. what I just said. Now, so. with Diana's family, her family was royal adjacent. They weren't necessarily royal. Right. But they ran in that, in that crowd. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, that was a thing. Anyways, moving on, because we're, we're going to touch back to it. Just, just wait. Um, a special metropolitan police inquiry team was established in 2004 called Operation Paget, headed by Commissioner John Stevens to investigate the various conspiracy theories which led up to the initial British inquest. This investigation looked into 175 conspiracy claims that had been made by Dodie's father, Fayed. He has, mm-hmm. he has persistently suggested what were found to be conspiracy theories at the inquest and has repeatedly claimed that he believes his son was murdered with Diana. And there are, I'm just going to go over a few because this is, this is a deep dive. Okay. Are you ready for a deep dive? Cause we can get there. Okay. We can get there. Okay. All right. So the first conspiracy, the tea on the die. The first conspiracy we're going to look at is Mr. Henri Paul. Okay. He had security service connections, supposedly. Now, some theorists allege that this man was the acting head of the Ritz Security, and he was in pay of a national security service through different versions of this allegation named the country of security service alternately as Britain, France, or the United States. Supposed evidence support that this arises mainly from money in his possession at the time of his death and his personal wealth. These allegations are covered in Chapter 4 of the Operation Paget Criminal Investigation Report. Now, Muhammad Afaya claims that Henri Paul was working for MI6 and that they set him up. The inquiry did find there was no evidence of him being an agent for any kind of security service. So, of course there that is. blows that conspiracy. But again, now, that could be kind of like Bob Nazar. Hey, you yeah. know something... We don't want mm-hmm. you to know us. Now, there's another yeah. allegation from Mr. Henri Paul of the reliability of blood tests that were carried out that indicated he had been drunk while driving when he took controls of the car. The investigation done by the French, their conclusion was that he was drunk, was made on the basis of an analysis of blood samples which were said to contain an alcohol level that, according to a 1997 report, was three times the French legal limit. This initial analysis was challenged by a British pathologist, 
hired by Al-Fayed. In response, the French authorities then carried out a third test, this time using the more medically conclusive vitreous fluid from inside the eye, which then confirmed the level of alcohol measured by blood and also showed Paul had been taking antidepressants. So, because of this, it's been claimed that the level of alcohol reported to have been found in his blood was inconsistent with his sober demeanor, as was captured on CCCTV of the Ritz that evening when they left. Uh, Professor Robert Force, who is a forensic pathologist, said that an alcoholic like Paul, with a higher tolerance for alcohol, would be able to appear more sober than he actually was. Um, now, it's to be noted that the families of Dodi Fayette and Henri Paul did not accept the findings of the French investigation. Who, oh, buddy. And in 2006 in November, Lord Stevens met with Paul's elderly parents, telling them that their son was not drunk. Now, just prior to his appearance at the inquest, a source close to Stevens stated that this inconsistency could be explained as him being considerate and sensitive towards the elderly couple, um, not wanting to upset them. But under cross-examination at the inquest in February 2008, he denied deliberately misleading Henri Paul's parents and said that the chauffeur's condition at the time of the crash did not match the police's definition of being drunk, which he said relied upon someone's physical responses. Supposedly, he had only consumed two alcoholic drinks, but that was not necessarily all that he had consumed and that he was indeed under the influence at the time of the crash. Um, huh. Tox lab tests for their... French toxicology, he was found to have 12.8% carbon hemoglobin saturation, which is a combination of the blood's iron-carrying pigment and carbon monoxide. A smoker usually has about 10%, so that result was not unusual because he was a smoker. He smoked cigarillos. Um, another test that was backed by opponents of the official findings showed he had 20.7% of his blood in the time of death. If accurate, the rate of dispersal of carbon monoxide from the bloodstream would have meant that Paul's blood had 40% saturation a few hours earlier, and he scarcely would have been able to function at all. Um, 2009, they reported that DNA samples confirmed the blood samples with high alcohol levels were indeed from the driver. This was established by a comparison with samples provided by Paul's parents that demonstrated that the blood tested was that of Henri Paul and that he had three times the French legal limit of alcohol in his blood. So that whole conspiracy was that he wasn't really drunk. Right. But he was drunk. Okay? Right. Um, oh, man, am I six? Let me tell you. <laughs> that British CIA man. Now Richard Tomlinson. Uh-huh. I don't know who he is, but he's a former MI6 officer who was dismissed from the intelligence services and later served five months in prison for breaching the Official Secrets Act, 1989. Claimed in a sworn statement to the French Inquiry in May of 1999 that Britain's MI6 had been involved in the crash, suggesting that the security service had documentation which would assist Judge Stefan in his inquiry. Previous August, he had reported to the BBC to have claimed that Paul was working for the security services and that one of Diana's bodyguards, either Trevor Rees-Jones or Kess Wingfield, was a contact for British intelligence. He alleged that she was being monitored by MI6 before her death, had told Muhammad Al-Fayed that Paul was an MI6 agent and that her death mirrored the plans he saw in 1992 for the assassination of then-president of Serbia, Slobodan Milosevic using a strobe light to blind the chauffeur. Now, if we want to talk about it, my six, that leads to the queen, bitches. Right. Okay. Because right. who's going to hire out a hit on her former daughter-in-law? Hmm. I wonder. Well, <laughs> my personal opinion is Charles. Oh, hey. yeah, he's a shady motherfucker. He was the, the, I think him and his mother worked together, but I feel like it was his Honestly, I don't plan. think the queen had anything to do with it. I think Charles had everything to do with it, because Charles is a shady motherfucker. And okay. long live the queen, because I hope that I never mm -hmm. live to see a Prince Charles reign. William's going to take the throne before he ever does. I hope so. He's going to take it. I hope so. Um... But getting back to Tomlinson, now, <sighs> I swear, February 13, 2008, he told the inquest that he may have misremembered and that he had no evidence then that Paul was an MI6 agent, but that he had said in the previous day's court session that Paul was supplying MI6 with information. 
After an interval of 16, 70 years, he claimed to the courts that he could not remember specifically whether the document he had seen during 1992 had, in fact, proposed the use of a strobe light to cause a traffic crash as a means of assassination, although the use of lights for this purpose had been covered in his MI6 training. Um, this inquiry was given unprecedented access to the offices of both MI5 and MI6 to investigate his claims. It was later revealed that the mentioned memo was a proposal written in March of 1993 to assassinate another Serbian figure if he gained power, not that then leader. Furthermore, this plan did not involve anything about using strobe lights or flashing lights of any kind. He was further discredited um, by evidence found in drafts of a book he was writing about his time in MI6 before he was jailed in 1998 for breaching the Secrets Act. This draft, dating from 1996, referred to the memo and contained none of the detail about a staged car crash with strobe lights in a tunnel. They were later told by, this inquest was again later told by a nominous MI6 manager that MI6 were not keeping any file on either the princess or Dodie and that there was no plan involving them. The inquiry concluded by dismissing Tomlinson's claims as an embellishment. He was arrested by French authorities in July of 2006 as part of their inquiry into the death of Diana. French police were also reported to have seized computer files and personal papers from his homes in Cairns. So, that was disproven. Yeah. Okay. Again, another alleged conspiracy theory. Yeah. Oh. I think that there's there's so many of these because so many people loved Diana. Mm-hmm, they did. She was the people's princess. She was definitely the people's princess. And I feel like that if the royal family had anything to do with it, which again, I think Charles did. Yeah. Um, so this is where it's going to get good because we're getting into her relationship with Dodie and the possibility of her being pregnant at the time. Yeah, I did hear that one. Yeah. yeah. So we're getting into that. Yeah. So moving on to the next theory regarding her relationship with Dodie. Now, this is one of the main motives of the her being allegedly murdered, which is that she was supposedly pregnant with Dodie's child and that the couple were about to get engaged. Now, they, <laughs> the royal family was not too happy with this. The alleged dislike of the idea of a non-Christian within the British royal family meant such a relationship between the mother of the future king and a prominent Egyptian Muslim would not be tolerated. Now, in Dodie's father's view... He repeated in court at the inquest in 2008 that Prince Philip, the Prince of Wales, Diana's sister, Lady Sarah McCordale, and numerous others were all involved in a plot to kill the princess and his son. Her um, sister? Mm-hmm. Jeffrey Steinberg of the Executive Intelligence Review, a publication of the American Lyndon LaRouche movement, was also put forward in theories that the Princess of Wales was murdered by the security services under the instructions of Prince Philip, which I think is bullshit because Prince Philip loved her. Yeah. He loved her. I, it wasn't Prince Philip. I honestly, truly believe it was <clears throat> Charles. Um, now. He's 99 now, right? Oh, yes. He, 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 have he you looks, seen the pictures of him recently? He looks rough. He looks dead. He looks rough. He looks like he's been freeze-dried. It's horrible. They shouldn't parade him around. No. Um, now, Dodie's father has made an assertion in television interviews that the couple were going to announce their engagement on the Monday after the crash. Um, Operation Padgett commented that an announcement of such magnitude from the Princess of Wales would have been a substantial media event of worldwide interest and would have required significant preparation. They found no evidence that any such preparations were made. So, there's also CCTV. But that could have been hidden, too. Yes. They could just be saying, mm -hmm. oh, they didn't tell us about yeah. it. Mm -hmm. But there's okay. also CCTV evidence shown at the inquest that indicates that Dodie left Alberto Raposi Jewelers on the 30th of August with nothing more than a catalog. Raposi said in 2003 that the ring had been placed on Diana's finger in a Saint-Tropez hotel and was being resized for future collection in Paris, but later admitted to... Martin Gregory, that he had received legal papers from Al-Fayed, a client for more than 20 years. Al-Fayed said the couple chose the ring in Monte Carlo, and Dodie had picked it up in Paris the day before he died, after it had been altered. The statement was contradicted by statements of Claude Roulet, a shop assistant, and the CCTV footage. A recording demonstrated that a ring had been selected by a Ritz Hotel official, and it was bought by Mohammed Al-Fayed after the couple's death. Now... A few hours before the crash, 
Diana's journalist friend, Richard Kay, received a call on his cell phone from Diana in which she asked about what was likely to appear in the following day's Sunday papers about her. And during this call, she made no mention of any announcements she intended to make. Now, I'm going to tell my friend. Right. You know what I'm saying? I'm going to tell my friend. I'm going to be like, hey, Ashley. <laughs> right. You know? Um, just letting you know, I've got some big news that I'm about to share with the entire world. Just thought you should know before I do that. Yeah. Now, to contradict this, though, her sister Sarah testified in a phone conversation with Diana on the 29th of August that she spoke about Dodie in a manner that gave her sister the impression that their relationship was on stony ground, which was kind of rocky. Now, statements from other friends and confidants that spoke to in the week before her death, including her butler, her friend Lady Annabelle Goldsmith, and her spiritual advisor Rita Rogers, were unanimous that she was firm about not wanting to get get engaged or married to anyone at that point in her life. Supposedly, she had said, I need marriage like a rash on my face. I mean, after you've been done the way that the royal family did her... I'm with you. Right. Um, I'm with you, honey. Now, before Dodie, though, she was involved with a surgeon who was based in London, who was of Pakistani origin. His name was Hasnat Khan. And he had been in a relationship with Diana for two years. They had explored the possibility of marriage, but that had been met with no opposition from the royal family. And Prince Charles had even supposedly given his blessing. Khan stated that he had received some racist hate mail from members of the public because of the relationship, but had no reason to take what was said in this hate mail seriously. He also stated that he felt the relationship was not opposed to by the royal family or any other branch of the British government, including the secret services or their security services. Right. Her butler stated that she was still not over her breakup with Khan at the time of her death. And it was also pointed out that Dodie and Diana had only met just under seven weeks before the crash at Alfayez Village villa in saint tropez on the 14th of july meaning they'd only been together for like a month and a week month and a half give or take right so of their day of those days those 47 days of them meeting being together their schedules permitted them to be together for an absolute maximum of 35 days at most i'm not marrying somebody after 35 days no no not happening no no and so, from analysis of her actual movements around that time, it's likely they had spent approximately maybe 23 days together before the crash. So, somebody really went in on this. Right. You know what I mean? Somebody really went in. Right. So, again, cross-examined at a investigation from 1997, John McNamara, who was a senior detective at Scotland Yard, headed Alphia's own investigation And when cross-examined on the 14th of February, he conceded that he had found no evidence of a criminal conspiracy to kill the princess or that she was even engaged or pregnant at the time of her death, apart from the claims that Dodie's father had made. So. Now, here's what I want to know. How much of the truth do the boys know? I don't know. Now, again, these are all conspiracy theories that, you know... Right. These have all right. yeah, yeah. been debunked. And right. these are all coming from Dodie's father. Right. So, but, you know, I feel like that... I don't... Uh, I feel like that Harry gave bits and pieces. Yeah. You know what I mean? And maybe that's all that he knows. Oh, yeah. Or... Maybe that's his last-ditch effort to protect his mother's legacy. Maybe. Or to protect his father. Because at the end of the day, you're going to do what you have to do to protect oh, yeah, your parents. Oh, yeah, you definitely like. are. <laughs> but, you know, there's also some people that believe she faked her death. Yeah. You know? Yeah, there's been people that say that they've seen her in restaurants, stuff like that. Oh, yeah. Yeah. But people have claimed that, you know, she's living in Canada. Yeah. Which, I mean, you know, Harry and Meghan sure do like Canada a lot. Yeah. You know, so, I mean, they spent some time there for a while. Now, if my if I knew my mother had faked her death and we're just keeping it hush-hush under the radar, yeah, I'm going to keep the narrative that she died. Of course, I'm not going to blow my mom's cover. Right. But I am going to spend an extended amount of time so she can... Meet my wife and my kid. Right. You know? 
I'm right. just saying. But do I Let believe her she's know still you've alive? you've got another grandchild on the way. No, yeah. You know, that kind of thing. Yeah. Now, one thing that people still hold on to, thinking that, you know, this was a murder. This was not an accident. This was a flat-out orchestrated, we're killing this bitch. Is because Diana herself thought she was going to be killed. I mean, she—that—that's yeah. true. She she thought she was going to be. I mean, murdered. you can watch interviews and you can hear her literally say that. Like, oh yeah. I'm gonna I'm read for my life an excerpt from a letter that she um wrote that her former butler again Paul Burrell had who had been given for safekeeping. I quote, I'm sitting here at my desk today in October longing for someone to hug me, encourage me to keep strong, hold my head high. This particular phase of my life is the most dangerous. Somebody is planning an accident in my car, brake failure, and serious head injury in order to make the path clear for Charles to remarry. The letter really appears eerily foreboding and, you know, prophecy, actually. Yeah. And, you know, when she wrote the letter, she had experienced problems with her car and had voiced fears about them. And her bodyguard had died in an accident that she believed had been a conspiracy. You know, she had concerns about her safety. And that's not a conspiracy theory. I mean, you would. Right. But, again, there's nothing official pointing that she do it. Now, here's where you and I are going to just go off topic and I'm going to stop reading from the articles that I have up on my phone. Fucking Charles did that shit. He did. Tell me he didn't. I mean, basically, he married Camilla. (sighs) Look, he should have married Camilla in the first place. But his no, mama wouldn't let it. His mama was against it, but he should have married her in the first place because Because she was a divorcee. So much trouble. And look. She's going to be the freaking queen of England if no, he no, takes no, no, over. No, 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 no. No, she's not. She will not no. be. Ashley, Ashley, she will not be queen. That's not how it works. She won't be queen. She will She'll not be, be queen. Princess or she whatever. will be princess oh. consort. Oh. That's below. She'll be princess consort. She's I'm not sorry. even going to gain the title princess. She's a consort. I'm sorry. Yeah. I cannot stand. Ashley's her. obsessed with the royal family. I cannot stand Camilla and Charles. Now, I love Harry, and I love William. Oh, William was hot back in the day, man. Yes. Now he looks too much like his daddy. Well, that kind of happens. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> anyway, but can we talk about how Kate looks bomb for having popped out three kids? She okay. is going to make a gorgeous queen. She's going to be a gorgeous queen. She'll be queen, you know. She she'll, just... be, she'll be queen consort. Yeah. And that's what she'll be because she's not of the royal family Mm -hmm. it's only if you are of the royal family that you get the title yeah so yeah that's what it is yeah um yeah but no i honestly i I honestly think that charles had some kind of plan yeah to get her out of the picture because it even said that even when he did finally marry camilla the queen hated her yeah. Like, the queen still freaking hated her. And they weren't mm-hmm. even allowed to get married in Westminster Abbey. Nope. They weren't. And I was like, oh. Well, well, she was a divorcee. He was a divorcee. Doesn't look good on the royal family to be a divorcee. Because I believe, if I'm not mistaken, they're the first. Yeah. Of the actual royal. Of the actual line. The line. Yeah. <laughs> Without um, abdicating their position. Um, right. Yeah. So... Uh, honestly, I think it's it's ridiculous, and I think the monarchy is, like, <laughs> useless at this point. They're just figureheads, and they're just there for yeah, charity work. I, I think they're I like really them. Not. I like them. I like the idea of them because there that's really about it. isn't they're anything. An idea. I, I, I think that Queen they're Elizabeth has done a lot for the U.K., Mm-hmm. She's done a lot to, to you know, bridge a lot of gaps in different aspects. Well, yeah, and but stuff. I think and in this day and age, it's kind I, of. I, th- I don't think that it should go completely away. They'll let them keep I, their I titles, but I, I mean, think that, uh, and I think that what they do is good. But I think that some of the rules that are laid upon the royal family are stupid and outdated. Are so outdated. That they really need to be taken a look at. Like, yeah. Like, like come on now. the divorcee thing. 
Who cares if you've been divorced or not? We live in the 21st it's old century. old-fashioned tradition, Ashley. That's how they do it. And they need to update that, honestly. Look, can we now, just talk about how Doctor Who's like the best thing coming up right in a while? So. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Other than the Spice Girls and One Direction. Yes. Gotta love the Harry. Well, David Tennant's Scottish, so well, he's part of the UK, I guess. I love some Harry Styles. <laughs> but anyway. But anyway, they're... Uh, uh, Doctor Who's based on the whales, anyway. So, anyways. I personally think that um, it, it gives them, it gives the people something to look forward to. Like, oh my God, I saw the Queen. I got to be in the same room as I got the, queen. To meet the Queen. I got to meet the Queen. You get to be knighted, and, and I get to be knighted, and I get Dame to be called Lady a Dinch. sir or something. And it's just like. That's the coolest thing. That is pretty I cool. I love that. That is awesome. I love that. But, you know, that's kind of fairy tale-ish. You know what I mean? But anyway. Yeah. So, no. I, I think Charles had something to do with her death. Oh, yeah. You if know? he didn't, he knew what he knew, he knew what, what was, was going, going on. on. You know and he mean? didn't try to he stop it. He was shady. Him. He married he Diana shady. just for looks. That's it. And to he have an heir. He was told to marry her. He was her. told to marry her. He married her. Their marriage was horrible. She horrible. gave him two kids. And that was it. And then once she no longer served her Two purpose. Two sons, need I add. Yeah. One of which is redheaded and hot as hell. I you love me some love, Harry, okay? You gotta love the gingers. I love me some Harry. But, so, that is my two subjects for tonight. I know they're not very paranormal, but it was mostly, you know, conspiracy theory-ish and things like that. And I'd love to. Hey, that's to, part of the paranormal at times, though. It's unusual. It gives you something to think about. It's unusual. I'm into the things that are weird and just yeah. ghostly and shit. Do we have any new ghost stories lately? Have you had anything happen uh, recently? I don't. I don't either. Other than um, Aiden had somebody knock on his window the other night, but I think it could have been like, who knows, probably a tree. We were out there playing golf. Um, I don't know. Nothing really weird's happened lately, but it's starting to warm up, so we can go ghost hunting soon. I like um, it. Uh, I need to get some tar water from Jennifer. <laughs> yeah. Like, I need to get all the witchy stuff from Jennifer. She's yes, selling witchy stuff now, line. and it's fantastic. Yes, 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 So yes, if yes, you yes, haven't yes. checked her out yet, I can do it. Um, is there mm. anything new in the paranormal world? I don't know. I've been listening just to paranormal podcasts, just to kind of have background noise as I work. So I haven't really been paying attention to much of it. Um, I do have a couple topics coming up that I want to talk about. Yeah, yeah. New I have, death experiences. I have, I have a couple of, uh, of serial killers. It's going to be yeah. good. Next month is going to be a good one. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. going to be fun. Fun, fun, fun. Um, we have a few trucks up our sleeves. We do. We do, we do. And we it's going to be fun, and I'm looking forward to it. Oh, So that'll be great. So you stay tuned for Ashley's bowl of cereal next month. It's going to be a doozy. <laughs> Yeah, after last after last episode, so, we have a new role. You have to tell me when it's gonna get bad. Yeah, um, <laughs> we need to come up with something for your little I know. section. Like, I I just name my pod my part of the podcast just whatever comes to mind when I name yeah, when I'm need, uploading. We need to think of something. So we need to think of something. What we need to do is I need you guys to help me. Please, because help I'm not us. creative at all. So um, when this goes live. Saturday, I guess. Um, we're going to put a post on our Facebook page. We're going to put up a TikTok video. Yes, thanks to Ashley, we now yes, have TikTok. I forgot to mention that at the Why beginning. We TikTok. <laughs> we now officially have a TikTok. We do. If you would like to give us a like and a comment on the video, my plan is to give a little snippet of each of the podcasts on the day that they get posted posted so and that you way you never know you might see us do some stupid shit on there right you never know with us at this point right um, but that my goal is to put up a little snippet of each of the podcasts the day that it goes forward so that way it'll be kind of a reminder that it is up and kind of give you a little preview of what's, what's going on going on with the podcast right so that's my plan for um, the TikTok. And yeah, like Amy still, said, you never know what else we're going to do. But Still, so what we need y'all to do is I need you to help me. We've got Ashley's bowl of cereal. So what should my paranormal, so what, what should my weird segment be? What, what, what should I call this thing that I'm doing? Because I don't know. I'm cool with just naming it whatever. But <laughs> yeah, whatever with Amy. 
That works. <laughs> I don't know. Get creepy with Amy. God, no. That sounds so tacky. Oh, my God. Why, why would you even do that to me? I don't know. Why would you even do that to me? I can't with you. So, anyways, we yes. want to thank you guys yes, for yes, listening yes, yes. tonight. We appreciate you. We do. We, we do, really, we truly do. do. And so, again, find us wherever you listen to your podcast. Spotify, Pandora, iHeartRadio. Apple, Google, wherever. We're yeah, there. Yeah, we are there. Amazon. <laughs> Amazon got a lot of my money this week. <laughs> gotta yeah. love Amazon. Every day's Christmas for the next week. I love it. <laughs> All right, guys. So thank you for joining us tonight. We hope you enjoyed it, and we will see you on the next episode. Yep. See you later. Bye. This episode of Witches Be Like Podcast was written and recorded by Amy Throckmorton and Ashley Link. It was produced by the boys of Master POS Theater. If you want to get in touch with us, you got an idea, you have a theory, you just want to talk, you can hit us up on Facebook at Witches Be Like Podcast. Follow us on Instagram at Witches Be or drop us a line on our email at witchesbelikepod at gmail.com. You can find our podcast Anywhere podcasts are sold, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, Podbean, and the like. Thank you so much for listening, and we will see you on the next one. Stay spooky and always be weird.